Well, hello, all of you out there in podcast land. You are all wondering right now, where is this voice coming from? You don't know where I am, do you? I can be anywhere in the room. That's right, because you cannot see me because I am invisible. (laughs) See that vase over there? See how it floats through the air when I pick it up? I can tell you're terrified at your core, aren't you? You cannot stop me. How can you stop what you cannot see? (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait. This is a podcast, isn't it? Uh, All right, Invisible People movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello and welcome to you all. I am Insane Mike, your host for tonight, for tonight's festivities. This is Attack of the Killer Podcast. This is episode 208, what I'm calling the Invisible Episode. I thought it was now you see them, now you don't. I'm just... Or, as I call it, the Invisible Episode. (laughs) I'm just thinking of that one listener out there that had a vase that moved. (laughs) <laughs> it just shifted, you know, just something. That would have been awesome. It would, yeah. Um, anyway, so why are we calling it whatever we're calling it? Because the movies we are going to be talking about tonight are movies that deal with the power of invisibility. And you'll wish you hadn't seen them. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the show... What we are, what is Attack of the Color Podcast? We are a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together with a topic and talk about horror movies within that topic. We speak freely, so there's possibly going to be spoilers. Attack of the Killer Podcast is sponsored by the fine folks at Shudder. Shudder is is the horror movie fan's wet dream. It's the horror streaming service that brought back Joe Bob Briggs to television. And as of this recording, the first episode of the newest season uh, has aired, and I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about that a little later on, but uh, but you out there who haven't seen it, sign up for Shudder today. Now, thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast, you can get a month of Shudder for free. You can get that free month by simply entering our promo code AOTKP. That's right, AOTKP. Our show is made possible in part by the peop- by the fine people like you. We affectionately call you guys the attackers. The attackers are our Patreon supporters, and you too can become an attacker by going to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash aotkp. There, there we have different tiers to choose from to get more and more content. So again, go to patreon.com. AOTKP and help support the show. While you're while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and follow us, like on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the other stuff online. Um, 
maybe I got to thinking about this because lately we have been just doing all kinds of cool stuff. And if you if you are not following us, you're missing out. Like we've been doing these weekly Facebook parties, Facebook movie parties, um, for gosh, almost a month now, and looks like we're gonna keep doing them for a while. Um, and then like. During the first episode of the season slash drive-in, Tad was live tweeting. So there's all kinds of great stuff going on in the Attack of the Killer podcast universe. So just make sure you follow us on all the internet stuff so you can um, stay up to date and play along with us on all that cool stuff. So, um, And if you didn't know, uh, we can be heard on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The Prescribed Films Podcast Network, or the PFPN for short, is the home is a home now to twenty two shows and counting. Holy crap! Such great shows, such as the Atomic Way to Cheese. I just recently listened to their newest episode. I am the Resurrection, or I am dot dot dot. So it's a really cool episode. Like they they pick their like top three worst resurrection of a character in in like tv or or film and it, it's pretty funny and it's a it's a lot of fun um i highly recommend it and check it out um <clears throat> so uh you can check that out in all the other shows by going to the pfpn.com that is the pfpn now, boys and girls, I'd like you to meet a swell bunch of guys. The people I call friends. However, after this week's films, I'm guessing they wouldn't say the same about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. At the hospital, to cure him of his invisibility, they put him in the ICU. Andy! Uh, hi. <laughs> he thought about getting a job as the Invisible Man, but he couldn't see himself doing it. Jason! Oh my goodness. Hey everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in and listening. Appreciate it. At one time, he thought he was invisible, so he went to see a shrink, but the shrink told him he couldn't see him at this time. Tad! <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, our two very special guests... Colby from the Gore Score and Larry from My Bleeding Ears. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, what's happening? Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed one of them. One of the movies was good. Yeah. <laughs> and it may be a surprise. Probably not. <laughs> Probably All right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to turn it over to Tad now for his segment. All right, well, welcome to the first and uh, best segment on this show called What We Watch, where we sort of have a roundtable discussion on what we've watched since we last recorded that's not part of the episode. going to go with Jason first, and I'm guessing his list is pretty long, so we'll get it out of the way. Jason, what did you watch? Oh, man. I'm trying to remember. We did that other podcast the other day, and I talked about a bunch of these, so I can't remember where I left <laughs> off. Uh, yeah, I, I felt the same way, so I looked up the date. Last time we recorded was the 13th, so anything uh, after that. Um, we watched. I watched Tremors. 
Yeah. That was a Netflix party. Uh, awesome. Always good. Um, t- Tina and I watched uh, from 2019 The Dare. Um, it was it was okay. Tad has a little history with this movie. Yeah, I didn't love it, but uh, we played it at the Capitol, so that's... Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't. I didn't love it as much as you did, and I should have probably liked it more. But uh, has anyone else seen it? Nope. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's got Richard Brake in it, and it's kind of a uh, four people trapped in a room. They wake up in this room. There's a big bad guy with muscles, and he's very <laughs> uh, torturous. And you figure out why they're in the room and so do they and what you know all the tortures kind of have a meaning to the backstory and so it's simple in that saw way i was gonna say saw with uh steroids yeah (laughs) so you know so it's like that but it's all right you know definitely on the indie side of things uh then i saw the puma man from 1980 Whatever. It was with Rift Tracks. It was with Rift Tracks. Man, it was so terrible. And then I also watched Laser I was Blast. With laser. laser Blast is awesome. Yeah, with Careful Rift what Tracks. You say. With oh Rift Tracks, it's so much better. Mm. Um, and then uh, I watched Gretel and Hansel from this year. Mm. Whoa, Larry made a noise. I'm scared yeah, now. Yeah, I, I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked it a lot. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Visually, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely. visually, yeah, it's a beautiful movie. Um, yeah, it has a just a quick, a, or a, or a quick sell for me is you just have to say it's it, it belongs in a A twenty four realm and and uh, so I love it. Slow and beautiful and yeah, but it's it's also really cool because it doesn't play on. It doesn't follow the old story necessarily, and that's what I like about it. Um, I saw The Grudge, the, the new, new, one. new, new Grudge. Oh. I uh, just have one question for everyone. Uh, why? Because <clears throat> I couldn't. Sam Raimi needs a paycheck. But they just redid it. I just so. And I'm taking from your dissension here that. Dude, it's it got, offers nothing new. It's got William Sadler, Betty Gilpin, Lynn Shea, oh. John Cho. It's got people in it, and they all do a good job. It's but. just just like the first twenty minutes. Tina and I look to each other, and we're like, "Do, do you know what's going on?" And I was <laughs> like, "I was going to ask you that." So okay. it took a while to like understand what was happening. One, and then so by the end, maybe it was okay. It just wasn't. Mm. Um, they just put Stuber on HBO now. Oh man, it's so funny, so funny. Not horror, I know, but <laughs> it's Camille Nanjiani and Dave Bautista. Oh, <clears throat> so funny, 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 funny. Um, oh yeah, Chopping Mall and Blood Sucking Freaks. <laughs> I watched those two. Chopping Mall. <laughs> <laughs> How about the return of the king, huh? Yep. Oh, great. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Joe Bob is back. Mm-hmm. They were good. Yeah, I can't wait <laughs> to hear what Ted thinks of Blood Sucking Freaks. 
I bet I bet you do. Well, I know while he was live tweeting about it, it was quite hilarious. <laughs> um, and then, uh, oh yeah, so and then uh, uh, TV stuff. Uh, devs finally finished uh, their first season, eight episodes. It's my favorite thing on TV. It's beautiful and amazing. From the director of Annihilation and Ex Machina, amazing. Uh, Tina and I whipped out the Kaminsky oh. method. Uh, <laughs> season two last night. That's not what I call it. Uh, I mean, it's old and wrinkly like these guys. Maybe, but man, I got to work on some new adjectives. So, the Kaminsky method, amazing. Love that show a lot. It's a good show. Season two just keeps the awesome going. And then I can't remember if I said it before. Before I finished the first season of Swamp Thing on the DC network, I liked it a lot. It was really good. But Jason, hmm. isn't there one more thing you and I have watched from uh, that is a television thing that should be mentioned? Probably. I yeah. didn't get these down soon enough. I, I have one more. What? Huh? Twin Peaks? Oh! That a couple of uh, people on this podcast owe us something? We did watch some Twin Peaks, didn't we? We rose to the challenge. <laughs> and, you know, our experience might deserve its own little side show, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That could make, maybe we should do a Twin Peaks. Well, we have to finish it if well, we're going to do a Twin Peaks. Don't say we should start a Twin Peaks show with those two. Or they'll, exactly. Then they'll suddenly like, want a podcast a lot more. <laughs> I was going to say, you mean like a whole new, like, Outside of Attack of the Killer podcast, right. new Twin Peaks podcast because that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> Tad and Andy, Rap, make Mike and Jason watch episode. Twin Peaks. That's what call it's called. It, the name call, of it, call it wrapped wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I made it up through episode five. I don't know how far you got. I have to go back and check. Yeah, I think six or seven, maybe. I think I'm ahead of you. Um, it's uh, happy to see Mulkey. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm not giving anything away. Check out the uh, new podcast coming soon. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I wanted to get Mike excited about is, I don't know if you listened to the new Late Night Psychorama episode, but they do a, just they just do one movie, and they fucking oh. break down Tenebrae like a boss. <laughs> it is like the best. I almost listened to it today. Dude, it's, those guys, those guys, I just I love listening to their... Uh, love of Italian cinema. They they can just oh, yeah. wax poetic. I on, love those on guys those. because of their not Absolutely. only the love for it, but the knowledge. You yeah, know, they they can. I told I race circles around me. As soon as I was sounds. done, I wrote them. I'm like, you guys need to just have that episode be a commentary track somewhere on the movie because it was great. I learned a lot. It was funny as fuck, and it was awesome. So then last night I was looking for something to watch, and I watched. The all the colors of Giallo documentary. Oh man, that's in by Q mm-hmm. on Tubi. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's on Prime. It's on Prime too. So yeah, you don't I've have seen to watch ads, there. but it's okay. I mean, it's actually really good. Well, I put things in my queue on Tubi to remember that to watch it, whether I watch it on Tubi or not. So you don't have to scroll through everything again. Well, uh, that well, I'm just like anyway, five billion things on Tubi, and I see something, it's yep. like, oh, I'm going to eventually want to watch that. And then an hour later of scrolling through Tubi, I've forgotten what that was, you know. So it, it was it was really fucking good. 
because um, I, I learned so much more. What I really learned more was the timeline of the Italian greats, where in my brain, they all just made movies from this <laughs> year to this year, you know, and like seeing who came first and then who influenced who and yep. the timeline of things. That was really great, you know, and there's some shit-talking stuff on there, which is amazing. And but the only thing is... It was late at night, and I was trying to go to bed, and then I clicked on it, and it was all subtitles, obviously. It's all Italian. Good, so so it keeps you awake. It actually did, damn it. Oh, nice. So, it was really great. So, those are the 47 things I watched. (laughs) Uh, That's me, thanks. Yeah, I'm just going to jump right in line and go ahead uh, and zoom (laughs) through mine really quick. Just because I'm uh, antsy and I, I don't want to forget things. Um, I introduced my wife to the magic of Point Break. She had never Uh-oh. seen it. And uh, I absolutely love that movie. I'm guessing from like no one's uh, applause that you guys don't feel the same about <laughs> no, it. No, I love to shoot my gun I, into I, the air. We're as just, much you as wanted to zip through them, man. We're, we're letting you go. <laughs> But I had her watch that, and I was hoping I could follow it up with a double feature, and I started Roadhouse, but she rolled over and fell asleep, so I just watched Roadhouse for like the 10th time this month by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Then the next night, uh, it's like 2 in the morning, I made some peanut butter cookies and and watched uh, Big Trouble in Little China, because that's something that's like a comfort food with a comfort movie. Love that movie. Mm. Um, And then I watched uh, Jordan Peele's Us for the first time since the theaters. Oh. And I think I enjoyed it a little bit more, actually. Oh, cool. uh, you catch a lot more stuff when you watch his movies a second time around. When you when you sort of know what's going to happen, you just tend to pay attention more to details and catch little things. Awesome. Um, I'm loving some of the fun stuff that's coming out during the quarantine, like uh, Mallrats last Monday, I believe it was. Kevin Smith hosted a screening on Facebook, and cool. he did uh, like a running commentary during it and learned a lot about the process and fun little stories and um you know there's never he's never uh, been one to be shy so he had a lot to say to the point where facebook flagged him for um <laughs> spamming his own screening so he had to get into a different account and start <laughs> keeping comments. he was talking about uh the mall rats 2 that he's written during quarantine and clerks 3 that he's written in quarantine so <laughs> We'll I, thought he had written, I thought he'd written those like years ago. Yeah, but a lot's changed since then. So he's writing oh, okay. new stuff into them and new characters. And he's got Bruce Campbell lined up from All Rats 2. And, Ooh. Um, yeah. And then the I watched John Carpenter's The Fog on The Fog Day, which mm-hmm. is you know when the story takes place. When the, they tell the story at the beginning of the movie, takes place on April 21st. So I had to watch The Fog on Fog Day. Always a classic. Um, and of course, I watched uh, the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, Chopping Woo-hoo! Mall, and Blood Sucking Freaks. I had a lot of fun. I think I just enjoyed the Joe Bob so much, just because it reminds me. It, it seriously takes me so like perfectly back to my late elementary, early middle school days when he was on Monster Vision. So I just eat a bunch of garbage and I would stay up and watch it. It's just. Dude, that picture of you with your your drive-in totals, oh my (laughs) god, it's amazing. awesome. And I have, you know, now I feel like I'm obligated to just eat a bunch of shit just for everyone's entertainment. uh, Also true. I'm going to, hopefully, you know, 
I'll keep live tweeting as long as we're stuck in the house and I don't have anything else to do. So or become a diabetic. Super fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I if I limit it to one night a week, I think I'll be okay. I f- I fucking felt it Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> but you had it's a like, lot of people liking your your shit. Oh yeah, it was, a lot awesome. of it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of people live tweeting, so I'm hoping that you know it's just as lively next week. Uh, yeah, you wanted to know what I thought of Blood Sucking Freaks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely a Joe Bob movie. I mean, that's absolutely why why you watch that show is to catch things like that. Um, it's it wasn't that you know shocking to me by any means, but I I went from upstairs to the basement to watch the second feature on the bigger TV, which might have been a mistake. And uh, <laughs> I left the TV upstairs on where Nikki was doing something, and she wasn't paying attention. She looked up and she thought that I had somehow turned it over to like porn. <laughs> uh, she was just very confused. She is not a fan of blood sucking freaks. I wouldn't say it's something that I'm going to throw on from time to time. It would be, uh, you know, either a group watch or a Joe Bob thing, but, um, it was perfect for him and just learning all about it and, and having Chris Jericho there who knew a lot about it. It was just yeah. awesome. Yeah. That was him. cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. I missed that. Well, it's, it's, it's on shutter and you can get yeah. a free trial, 30 day trial with the code AOTKP. It's going to be up. <laughs> and then right after blood sucking freaks haunt started and I couldn't turn it. So I watched. Oh, haunt. oh man. They followed it up like that's that's perfect. You have all those people watching. You know, a lot. I bet a lot of people stuck around to watch it. So and you were so worried about staying awake through that. <laughs> I know, but then I drank a bunch of Dr Pepper and I was good Look to go. Out. Um, and then I checked out on Saturday the Beastie Boys story, mm. which was fantastic. Yeah, uh, was good. Spike Jones first feature since her, which is amazing to think like. That was 2013, I think. I can't believe he's gone this long. I mean, that movie won best Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. It was nominated for Best Picture, uh, Lead Actor, Best Song, Best Score, uh, Cinematography. The thing, I just don't get why he hasn't worked since then, but this was awesome. That's on Apple TV, right? Correct. Yeah, because I, I really want to watch that. And you can get it. They have a free trial, so if that's what you, you, know, you really want to see this, you can get on there, get a free trial, and watch it. It's totally worth it. Um, it was very different than what I expected because I tried not to read too much into it. I heard it was sort of a a film version of the Beastie Boys book, which is a very, very large book about the history of the band. And uh, what it actually was is uh, Spike filmed a – like Beastie Boys did a small tour where they went out and they got up on stage and did like a visual storytelling night about their history – and Spike filmed all of them, and then he sort of edited them all together into a docu-movie. So it's not just them on stage. It does show them all on stage, but it also cuts in footage of what they're talking about into the movie and pictures and music. And, man, I mean, that, that band is such a huge part of my life. Uh, I grew up listening to them all the time because my older brother, just throughout the years, uh, every every version of them, you know, from the party animals to the nerds to everything just such a good band such such a big part of my life so it was great to see their story it's like two hours long it's just fantastic i wanted more it's like i could do another two hours but uh yeah it's fantastic and then my last one um actually no i scratched that i'm just looking at my list um 
I did some little extra credit for this episode, and because I've had the, the Blu-ray for over a year now, and Mike didn't pick it, um, I watched finally watched Memoirs of Invisible Man, <laughs> directed by John Carpenter with Chevy Chase, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I wish this would have been on the episode, so you guys wouldn't uh, hate Mike, but I, for for years, I've this is the only John Carpenter movie I've never seen up until now, and uh, mostly because it was not available for the longest time. It you know it was tough to find on DVD and just not anywhere streaming and stuff. Um, and I've just heard nothing but negative things. He said it was like Chevy's worst movie and Carpenter's worst movie and it was a huge mess. And I maybe because of that low expectation, I thought it was going to suck, but it's pretty damn good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so I highly re- recommend you watch this one instead of any of the, the other two that we're watching tonight. <laughs> and, um, and then I watched, uh, on ESPN, I've been watching the last dance about the uh, Chicago Bulls in the nineties. Oh, I've been dying to start that. Fucking great! I started uh, that uh, two days ago. I love it. Yeah, I'm not a sports guy at all, but I mean, I'm I'm at the prime age where when I was a kid when that was happening, and it's just Michael Jordan's a household name. I mean, yeah. nobody better, nobody cooler, especially growing up in the Midwest. I mean, it was just you know all those guys that were on the Bulls. You just knew every one of them. It was just something incredible, and I love that they're doing this docuseries. It's just been trying to get the wife to watch it, but, you know, to me, you don't even have to like basketball just to find this story fascinating. Uh, So, yeah, that's what I watched. I guess I will kick it over to... Let's go with you, Colby. What did you watch? Well, I've uh, I've been watching a lot of zombie movies lately because my co-host and I, our next episode is... uh pandemic episode so oh boy i well, i finally got to see um one cut of the dead oh yes i really enjoyed that it was Good. not what i expected it to be but i loved it very fun movie yeah that one's i mean man like we've discussed it on on our podcast several <laughs> times but it's just there's no way to expect what it is like you could even yeah. tell someone what it is and it just has so many twists and turns it's like i know it is yeah it was it was awesome. It blew me away, definitely. Um, Lucio Fulci Zombie. That's definitely a classic. Yes, yes. Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake, uh, the original Dawn of the Dead. Um, not horror related, but I've seen Sonic probably four times in like the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I actually really enjoyed that one. Oh, I loved it yeah. too, man. I watched Sonic. Um. Oh, I watched Idle Hands the other day. Oh, so good. Yeah, Idle Hands is definitely one of my my favorites. There's that new Shout Factory Blu-ray that Justin Beam produced I really want to grab. Yep, I'm definitely going to pick that up. it comes out in May, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I can't remember if I pre-ordered that or not, but right when I saw that, I got so excited when when I saw that they were doing that. Yeah. But, um, I mean... It's not movies, but the new Predator Hunting Grounds came out, so I've been playing that on PlayStation a lot. Mm. That game's super fun. But and believe it or not, like during this whole quarantine, I have been watching less movies. But I've been playing more video games. and <laughs> I, I mean, I have a key to my gym, so I'm still in my gym every day. Heck yeah. But I've been watching less movies during the quarantine, hate to say. Uh, I I haven't watched necessarily more than I normally do because I'm still working and stuff too. But uh, yeah, I mean, nights and stuff, it's like I'll pop something in. But yeah, yeah, and usually at night, 
my girlfriend always puts on The Office for us to fall asleep to. But no, oh, that's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty much what I've been watching the past couple of days. Cool. Excellent. Look forward to the new episode. Yeah, yeah, we're recording tomorrow. Cool. All right. Andy, what did you watch? Oh, well, I was mostly around with you guys when I was watching uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil and Tremors. Mm-hmm. And um, I rewatched uh, um, the Steve Railsback uh, Ed Gein. Yeah. Oh, cool. Which, yeah. which I think is probably my, f- which I think is the best uh, rendition you know, of that story, you know, even, I think it's even better than deranged. Well, Um, it's, it's, it's more accurate. I mean, I'm always going to pick deranged first just because I just love that movie. And it's, it's from the seventies and low budget. So it's got all that, that quality to it that I love, but you know, you know, but rails backs Ed Gein, you know, I think yeah, is definitely the more on. accurate. Yeah. 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 Andy, you, you just like it because it's got the homeless guy from Home Alone in it. Uh, <laughs> um, what else? I, I watched uh, Dark City, uh, which I think is s- still criminally underrated. Um, uh, and, uh, while I was uh, rearranging my, uh, you know, horror slash uh you know, tape dungeon upstairs. I was, I, cause I recently got like a, uh, double rotating, uh, DVD rack, uh, from this, uh, local theater. They were selling it. So I went and picked that up and, cool. uh, yeah, yeah. You'll see it in one of the, uh, one of our newer videos whenever Jason puts it up. Uh, I watched, uh, uh, Claudia Christian and Sherry Shattuck, I think is her name. Yeah, uh, they're both in it, and it's uh, 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 early, I'd not say mid mid nineties uh, sci fi movie called Arena. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's it's <laughs> just a guilty. It's a real sounds like a Larry movie. Yeah. Oh, it is. Man, this movie's awesome. <laughs> I love this. I love this movie, and it's so it's so it's got such B movie. Uh, she, I mean, it's kind of like um, in the same realm of Stuart Gordon's Robot Jocks. It's kind of got like that kind of feel to it, at least production-wise, you know, to me. And it's it's been a guilty pleasure of mine since I was like, you know, a teenager. I I absolutely love this movie, and I I, I was only able to get it on VHS for a while, but then I was able to get it on like um, one of those compilation. Uh, DVDs where there's That's like what a, I have, yeah yeah and I wish like this would be like really good if like uh, Shell Factory would like put this out with like some bells and whistles on it I would definitely I would definitely buy it uh, but yeah I like um, I haven't been watching I guess I watched a, a few ESPN you know 30s for 30s but I haven't watched any of the, like you know that uh, Chicago Bulls thing or you know I really want to watch that Beastie Boys. Uh, thing now but uh yeah that's that's what i watched but yeah you guys should uh if you haven't seen arena watch it if you're a fan of like you know mid-90s sci-fi cheese i guess mm-hmm. yeah cheese <laughs> <laughs> it says the lactose intolerant man i like cheese uh in my movies not on my my plate gotcha <laughs> 
So is that everything, Andy? Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I just wanted to make sure I didn't wasn't cutting you short because the rest of us had forty seven things to list. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Larry, what did you watch? Uh oh, wow! I, I watched a few things. Uh, <laughs> uh, I watched this like two and a half hour documentary in search of the last action heroes. It's about um, all the eighties action stars and how they are much different now than they used to be in like the 80s with Arnold and Sylvester Stallone and gave me that big machismo and how it kind of just died out after a while but it's really cool they do a lot of interviews with those guys from the the 80s not like the big names but oh shit I can't even think of anyone right now but it's a really good documentary it's very much like the In Search of Darkness uh, documentary that four or five hour documentary yeah, uh, which I thought was kind of lame, uh, but it's, this one is much better. Uh, it tells you a lot more stuff you might not have known about bigger action movies and smaller action movies, as opposed to the one uh, in Search of Darkness, which I pretty much uh, I'm sure all of us pretty much knew everything that was in that documentary <laughs> already, and it was just <laughs> like a refresher. And you would show that to like maybe a girlfriend that you, you you started to go out with, and she's just getting into horror and stuff. And like that's the person you show this to. But for like the big fans, you kind of like, yeah, we know already. Why don't you go through demons too? Like I want to learn something about that, you know. But, but anyway, what's it called? That, that's pretty cool. What's it called? Uh, in search of the last action heroes. In search of the last action. Okay, I must have missed that because I was like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's done by a YouTuber. His name is Oliver Harper, and uh, he does really good like half hour reviews of movies. Because he'll do the movies and uh, give you little tidbits. Then he'll go through the score of the movie, even and like where to get it and like everything. So he's a really cool YouTuber guy. Um, then I watched uh, the Gretel and Hansel. That one was it was, it was all right. It looked great. Yep. Um, and then there was this one, I think, Ted, you might have watched this one. This has become one of my favorite movies, and it's a perfect time to watch this movie, too, especially what's going on in the world. Uh, the name of the movie is called Relaxer. And yep. Uh, watch it because of you. Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I gotta ask you, what did you think of it? It was nuts, man. Like, I, I was the whole time just sort of what the fuck am I watching, but I'm enjoying this. I'm not turning it off. I'm still watching this, so... Yeah, and you something. just kind of feel gross after watching it. Yes. But nothing, like, really, like, completely insane is in this movie. It's Right, right. It's just this guy who is not all there, and he, his brother, makes him uh, before... They make bets with each other, uh, him, this guy and his brother, and one of the bets he makes is that he has to beat Pac-Man, or... Uh, and he can't leave the couch until he beats Pac-Man, level 256. So this this guy takes it literally, and he sits there until he beats the game. But you never really see him play the game. You just see what's going on around him. And this happens, like, right before the year 2000, like, the new year. And, you know, there was the big Y2K scare. But it really happens in this movie. But you don't see it outside. You're just stuck in this one studio apartment kind of just watching this guy not leave his couch and he doesn't leave his couch for anything yeah and it's, and it's, it's very interesting 
the the humor is really dark. It's very uh, strange. So that's that's a big recommend for me. It's just it. David Dasmalshian, who's who's coming up, uh, he, he's he he's a character actor. He was in uh, the Dark Knights. He was the one cop that takes the fall for the Joker, and he in um, he's in t- the Domestics. He's one of the killers in the Domestics. Anyway, he's in that movie, um, so I would definitely check it out. Uh, other than that, nothing really else. Um, I watched some of the Final Destination movies, just background noise. Um, yeah, and that's, that's it, really. Excellent. Well, I guess that leaves you, Mike. What have you watched? <clears throat> there's only one that uh, there's only one that I want to talk about that I that I watched. I mean, obviously, a lot of the other stuff was mentioned, like Last Drive-In and the stuff we've been doing on the <clears throat> Netflix parties, but. Uh, uh, over the weekend, I marathoned Daybreak on Netflix, the like the post-apocalyptic teenage series. I don't know if anybody has heard of this or seen it. I've heard it. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it in a single second of it. Oh, oh. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I've never. I mean, I've always seen it listed on Netflix, but never really heard anything about it. Like, you know, never heard anybody ever talk about it or anything like that. You know, unlike most Netflix series, is right. Like. A lot of stuff always gets blown up when they have really good series. So I've, you know, sadly probably have kind of stayed away just because I hadn't heard anything about it. And that's that's a crime in and of itself. I loved this show. This was awesome. I mean, I I blew through the whole thing in like two days. So uh, basically, um, nuclear war happens, which causes Armageddon. um, And all the adults are either dead or have turned into flesh-eating ghouls. Now, they're not, like, living dead zombies, per se. They may be more on the line of 28 days later, um, only they, um, instead of just wanting to tear you apart, they they do feast on your blood, um, and they are a lot dumber and funnier than, <laughs> than, the, uh, than the creatures in 28 days later. Um, uh, for instance, they are constantly stuck repeating um the very last thing on their mind uh so that really makes for kind of funny things as these like ghouls and they call them ghouls throughout the whole show as ghouls are attacking people and they're saying like nonsensical stupid things um and so the survivors are all the children of the world and in this california town um all of the all the different cliques from the local high school have formed these post-apocalyptic clans throughout town. And it's very funny. It's very smart. It uses a lot of really cool devices to tell the story and kind of mixes it up from episode to episode, especially when, like, the focus on a particular episode will switch gears and focus on a different character, per se. Um, I think it's a really cool allegory for being what it's like to be a teenager using a post-apocalyptic environment. Um, you know, some things like the, the jocks obviously have, have taken over the school. That's, that's their turf. And, uh, you know, the leader of the jocks, you know, he's got his, like, he's got his, like, he looks like, um, the guy with the mask in, uh, in like Road Warrior, that kind of thing. He's got the big shoulder pads, but he's also got like, like tires, cut up tires as, as tread on the shoulder pads. 
and he's got this necklace and at first glance it looks like bones but when you like get a closer look at it it's football trophies um it's it's just it's a lot of fun it's really it's really smart like because the uh the leader the the leader of of the jock clan he also doesn't speak he just grunts and somehow everybody knows what he's saying when he grunts but there's an episode that focuses on him and each 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 time it switches to focus on a different character they become the kind of narrator so there's a shit ton of fourth wall breaking in this movie which obviously you you know if you know anything about me I love that stuff. Um, I mean the whole the whole beginning the whole first episode um, plays off as a parody of Ferris Bueller. I mean it's even got the the whole series even has uh, Matthew Broadwick as the principal in the movie and and his character goes in a direction throughout the whole thing that was not expecting and was and was loving seeing him do this do this character. But uh, they even do like the Bueller gag at the beginning, and then and then it just breaks into the whole thing of like our lead character narr- talking to us and narrating uh, narrating everything throughout throughout the show and most of the series. But again, you know, it'll switch up and somebody else will be the narrator. So when it gets to be the jock's turn, the leader of the jocks who's mute, um, and it's his turn to kind of be the narrator. It he grunts and then there's like text. Like almost like subtitles that appear on the screen, or or text will appear on the screen as if he's writing it down on the screen, and so words are constantly misspelled because he's a dumb jock, you know that kind of stuff. So it is, it's it's really funny. I think it's really clever, and I highly recommend it. You know this this show deserved a lot more recognition than it got. I got the most important question though. Hmm. Are the episodes half hour or hour? <laughs> I honestly, I'm there. Two days, you would think half hour. They, mm, I think they're longer than a half hour, but I don't think they're quite an hour. But I'm, I'm telling you, dude, I was so invested and in having such a good time with it. The running, I just was not paying attention at all to the running time. So it felt like they were longer than a half an hour, though. Okay. But it's just, it's just again, it's clever, it's funny, there's a lot of, like, but it's it's not, like, it's not just, like, silly satire for being silly satire. They, it, I've never seen a show that uses satire as storytelling devices quite like this, because at the end of the day, there's, there's a real heart and soul to um, the characters, and most of the characters throughout this thing, all of your main characters, anyway, throughout this thing, have huge arcs and you know they learn things and stuff and so and so it's it's just I think it's just really really fun and really really smart writing. Okay, right on. Did you watch anything else? Well, well, you know, like I said, all the stuff you guys mentioned. I have also um, been following along with this season's what we do in the shadows. I've been watching those as they come out. And then last night I watched Alien for the first time in like a hundred years, and so it was kind of cool. And I was kind of watching it with the eye of like, I saw this documentary about Mario Bava, uh, or I have this documentary about Mario Bava, and and talking about how a lot of his films have influenced a lot of American cinema, and they talk about how his movie Planet of the Vampires, that uh, they that you know a lot of Bava historians are convinced. That Dan O'Bannon um, was highly influenced by Planet of the Vampires when he wrote Alien, 
Um, but so I was kind of watching it through that lens, and and I do can I can make a lot of comparisons to not just Planet of the Vampires, but like you know like a lot of Italian aesthetics from that era as a whole. So that was kind of interesting. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's what we all watched. Uh, thanks for listening, and I guess we'll get on with the episode. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's do this. So let's get into our invisible film. Who said that? Ah, is that you, John Cena? Oh, is that you, John Cena? So, Tad, what's our first film for this evening? The first film and the best film of the evening (laughs) is the 2020 The Invisible Man, directed by Lee Wanell, starring Elizabeth Moss. As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrists. Per his final wishes, you're getting $5 million. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. It can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? I'm scared. You don't have to be scared of him anymore. He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not dead. I have a pile of ashes in a box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. Adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads. Don't come any closer. Hey! I'm not crazy please listen to me you're saying the person trying to kill you is in the room right now but we can't see him he's listening where are you where are you show yourself come on do it there you are So this is a, you know, a, a modern, the, probably the most modern, newest uh, take on the classic character of the Invisible Man. I was lucky enough to see this one in theaters. Absolutely loved it. It's your sort of classic story, but they, they added a little bit to the story where the character that ends up being invisible, um, Adrian, he's sort of a rich uh, smart, rich, controlling asshole who 
is abusive and um yeah he you know over the course of the movie he fakes a suicide we find out that he's got an invisible suit they sort of do the invisible thing with modern technology and um he tortures poor cecilia by constantly fucking with her and and fucking with everyone around her um I just I loved this movie when I saw it in the theaters. I loved it watching it again. Uh, sort of a bad thing to start off on the good movie, but um, <laughs> what did you guys think? <laughs> Fucking Man, I loved Astral it. Factor is my favorite one. Nah. That was the one you liked. Uh, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> just, just, just wait. That's the one I got to do. <laughs> um, I think uh, this movie. Uh, I think. What this movie is the way to do an invisible man, you know, theme an invisibility theme in general, the right way, because it's just like with, with other ones where he just you know goes up and kills them, and then you know he just goes on a killing rampage and it's all done, and it's just like it's it it dilutes the concept because I think like when you have a theme like this, I think suspense should be your go-to when it when it comes to something like this because like you said he's just constantly screwing with her it's it's the lead up that's like really that's really the pay, the payoff because you know what's going on she doesn't and it's you know it's the it's kind of like one of those things where it's uh the the chase is better than the catch Oh yeah, I mean that that opening scene. Holy shit! Like right away, it's it just throws you right into the most intense scene of the film. Yeah, yeah, and it's like in a it's 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 done in like a pure uh, Hitchcockian sense. You know, it's just like it's it's the lead up to the payoff that's even better than the payoff. If that if that if that makes sense, you know, because he's just like. She doesn't know what's going on, and you see, you know, knives that come off counters that don't hit the floor. Uh, stuff like, and my God, that restaurant scene. Oh, I was just Jesus. Like, Holy shit. Yes. Out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Well, you just think that, you know, she, she picked a very public place. She This is the one time in the movie you feel you can let your guard down and she's safe and she's yeah, like she you feel safe somebody. in that part yeah yeah and that's when it totally fucks you like okay now all bets are off there's nowhere safe yeah yeah and yeah. she's and completely the build up in the suspense of that movie is just so well done like exactly. while i was watching it like you know how like jaws it it made going to the water like scary like what jaws did for that when it was just focused on nothing, like it just made thin air, like scary yeah. in that mm-hmm. movie. And I just love how they did that. Lee Wanell is becoming one of my favorite directors. Absolutely. I, I love that point because I was noticing that myself, especially shortly after she got the announcement that he was dead and us knowing all the name of the, the, the name of the damn movie, we know it's going to be coming up. So there was just all these like, Poorly, normally would I would consider poorly framed shots where the majority of the frame is focused on nothing in the room, but very but very intense and effective. Not since the happening has nothing been so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> what? But what what I want to say is that after that uh, restaurant scene, you 
and what makes it pay off as a viewer now this guy is everywhere you think he is everywhere now you think he's going to come out of it anywhere now you're 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 constantly on edge regardless of what scene it is you know she could be like you know twiddling her thumbs and she's just like okay you you know he's somewhere you know you she could have like you know she could have swam out into the middle of the ocean, you know, and he would have still been there right beside her, ready to like push her head underneath the water, you know, because now you think he's everywhere, which I thought was like, that's like, that's so effective. And plus I really liked the, uh, and I hopefully I'm not taking this away from anybody who saw it, but did anybody catch Billy the puppet from saw? No, I think I remember seeing it in the theater, but I didn't. I didn't remember where it was this time. Yeah, he I remember was. Remember where it was? He was. Uh, he was graffiti on the oh, wall. Yes, yes, yes. After the car wreck, and she swing. Yeah, she swings nice. the crawl around. I was just like, "Holy shit!" There's Billy. Yeah, I I'm like some, that's, that's. I mentioned so it good. to my girlfriend that I remember that like when we were watching it. For me, the why this is a brilliant movie is is Lee's writing and the thing I love the most I think is that from the opening frame of the movie he has created a very bad guy and he didn't have to show us yeah you know, that's what I you know a domestic abuse is something we don't need to see and you don't want to see and he didn't. He he got us there without us having to see it, and that's what I well, think he, was brilliant about he it. Created such a nasty bad guy with barely even ever getting to see his face. Like, yeah, we almost yeah. never did, and we yeah. didn't need to. And that's that's what was fucking awesome about it to me. I just think Lee is just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I, I love everything he does. I actually I actually watched Upgrade like two weeks oh, ago too. So I good. watched that. I so love good. everything he does. Well, that's, and the thing is, the guy, as a writer, he's got so much range. You know, he can do he can do something that's so slapstick and silly like cooties. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and then he can go to something just completely, you know, very technically brilliant like, you know, Invisible Man or, or Upgrade. And then just completely do something very so raw and visceral like Saw. And it's just like, man, this guy is so damn impressive. He's just, he's unbelievable. Yeah, for me, like, watching this is, and you think about the business itself of filmmaking, like, they were so off the mark with that uh, Tom Cruise mummy movie where they thought they were going to start this <laughs> dark oh universe. Oh, gosh. And to me, that like... You know, you spend so much money and get so many big names, but then you hand, you know, Blumhouse gets gets Lee Wanell in here to do the Invisible Man, and it's like, what? It, imagine if the the Fran, the Dark uh, whatever would have started with this. You know, if this was the yeah. first movie to kick it off, <sighs> we would be in such a better spot. You know, and and now yes. they're talking about letting Blumhouse do. You know, they're doing a new Dracula. They're talking oh, about doing a Frankenstein. Like, please. yeah, like let this happen you know we don't yeah. want big hollywood summer no. blockbusters you know doing like this serious movies it's we don't get enough serious movies like this you know yeah i think they threw tom hardy's name in the uh frankenstein i believe already i can see that yeah well, de niro did it 
Yeah. yeah I, I can't. I was Sorry, super impressed with that. Yeah, my bad. I was just super impressed with Invisible Man. I, and I, I've only seen it once too, and I saw it in the theaters, but it just it stuck with me. It's I don't know. I, like when when uh when we were when we reviewed it on my podcast, I, I gave like eight point five. Yeah, it's definitely going to be up there on the list. It's one of the best of the year. It's going to be hard to beat. Absolutely. I, I have a feeling if I get an opportunity to watch it again, I think I will like it even better a second time. Yeah, well, this was my this was my second time. Uh, I like I said, I saw it in theaters, but I wanted as soon as it came up, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm you know I feel like I just watched it, but I'm going to watch it again at home. And uh, always, every movie is a little different the second time you watch it, and mm-hmm. yeah, just oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm just happy it wasn't an action movie this time around. You know, they, 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 <laughs> yeah, they, I like the mummy. It should it should pretty much be horror, like um, like uh, the mummy for with Brendan Fraser. I I love that movie. It's a perfect action movie. This is kind of is a good return to like your your cheap horror movies, um, not like the mummy movie, like like uh, Tad was talking about, and just. You don't need to pump all that money in there. Like we don't need something grandiose like that. Let's take it back to kind of like the Indies, where it started from, really, and let's bring it up from there again. And let's yeah. let's put it at the, the the head of our marquees. I think I think um, horror movies in general should just have a good amount of cardio in it. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be action. It's just like I mean, it's, <laughs> cardio involves you know fear. You know, <laughs> you run, you get away from what the what's trying to kill you. You know, don't try to shoot it or anything. You know, it's like, uh, but yeah, then this had a, this had a lot of you know running, whether it be you know on foot or in cars or you know because you know hell she doesn't even know what the hell she's running from or if it's even there yeah for me the biggest thing in movies like that is good and bad that gets me emotional is when a sympathetic character is trying to um relay something to the people that they love and they don't believe them like this is the ultimate example it's so frustrating but that's oh, yeah. what the goal is because you they just i mean and i don't you can't blame the character for not believing that there's you know obviously yeah. how could she had that she had psychological damage from him so of course they think that she's gone crazy you know it makes sense that's yeah. a better that's a scientific explanation to this more so than that her ex is now invisible somehow but <laughs> it's so like when he hits the the daughter, the little girl, and when you know kills her sister, obviously ramps up pretty quickly. Oh. But it's just one of those things when I watch movies like that's what gets me so much is watching her try so hard. Like right, little things. Writes her sister a, a, a mean email. It's like he's still continuing to psychologically fuck her, not just physically, but you know, it's just little. He starts off really little and just it just teases with her, just messes up her life. So she slowly suffers, and it's just, it's so frustrating because we've all been in situations, not obviously not quite this big, but it's like, we can relate to her, and it's so frustra- frustrating knowing what that she's right and that they can't listen, but that's, he plays that so well because, you know, I get so pissed watching it, but um, huh. that's the goal of it, you know, and he's, he's hitting every emotion when I'm watching it, so right on. 
She does a great job too. Yeah. Mask. Oh yeah. And in a weird in a weird sort of way, like the guy has, you know, he the way he, you know, emotionally traumatizes her or gaslights her or whatever and, you know, makes, you know, her think, you know, makes everybody think that he's like this sweet guy, you know. I mean, he's got he's kind of he's a hell of a villain that way too because I mean, he's got camouflage, you know, psychologically you know, to people because he's a sociopath and then he's got, you know, this camouflage where people can't see him now. You know, it's, uh, right. It, it works on two different levels. Do you guys remember when, uh, they first announced the invisible man, not when Lee Wanell was supposed to do it, but like when they were talking about the dark universe and Johnny Depp was re- originally supposed to star. Yeah. I'm glad that didn't <laughs> yeah. happen. I, I so guess if happy. anything good, ca- yeah. If anything good came out of that Tom Cruise movie, is that, this that movie got canceled because yes. we don't need Johnny Depp anymore. It would have been a whole nother uh, remake of the Mummy all over again. Oh yep. yeah, yep, yep. The monsters are the stars of these movies, not the not freaking Tom Cruise or Johnny with, Depp. Yeah, or Johnny Depp. <laughs> or, yeah, or Kevin Bacon as Hollow Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah, I'm with you guys. I loved this movie. I thought it was. Awesome, super smart, well directed. Again, I already mentioned I'm just I love you know the use use of the camera work in this of like making you scared of nothing in a room, you know, and you know just cool just cool little things here and there. I like I, I've I've heard so many like other podcasts or people like dissing on this movie, and one of the biggest gripes I get a lot I hear a lot is the is the uh, the changing of the science in this movie, from it being a formula to being a Get to being a costume. Over it. Really, I know, right? Uh, I, oh, I've heard it a lot. Right? For like real? people saying that the co- the uh, the idea oh. of the suit is stupid. First of all, I think that makes it believable. First of all, I agree with you. I totally buy that science, right? And yeah. you know, I think it's ingeni- yeah. ingenious of like the idea of like there's these cameras, these cameras all over the suit. Because it's not really invisibility; it's it's camouflaging you in the environment. Because it, it's it's kind of like how green screen works, you know. Like you 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 shoot the you shoot the scene blank, and then you shoot a person against the green screen, and then like you could take out the green screen and show the original um, the original background. I, I think that idea is is brilliant. Um, and for all the haters out there, you know, I just got two words um, for you, and that is... Asshole factor. No. <laughs> <laughs> Artistic license yeah, are my on. two words. I think it. maybe, I honestly feel like naming this movie The Invisible Man is a disservice. Because I, I think all these haters are going in with a preconceived notion... And because they're because they're picking it apart, like, you know, does the suit have 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 silencers because you can never hear him walk up on you, and like other things, like does he does it also give you super strength because he's like throwing people through walls and stuff? And I'm like, does any of that matter? It doesn't. The downside of people having too much time on their it's, hands it doesn't. Well, it's called artistic license for a reason. Who cares about they're that? Probably everything else off is that he doesn't have. You know, gauze wrapped around his head and goofy looking sunglasses. That's what I'm saying. I think it just boils down to like people have this preconceived notion, invisible man, this formula stuff, blah 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 blah. You know, and you'd mentioned memoirs of the invisible man at the top of the show, and they I, I think like if anything came out of that movie is is some of the cool concepts of 
how the formula thing doesn't work, you know, like mm-hmm. eating food and seeing it get digested, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff, uh-huh. which I think I is brilliant. That was cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, so the idea that it's the suit that it doesn't turn you invisible, it's freaking cam it just camouflages you. And I smart. think that, that th- it's really smart. And it, it also covers up a lot of <laughs> other things, too. Like, you know, you can't really see him in the rain like you would, like, Claude Rains. You know, you know, because it's like, again, the cameras are projecting where it looks like the water's coming straight down. And unless, unless your eyes are really focused, seeing droplets, you know, hitting in right spots, you're not going to notice him outside in the rain. <clears throat> um but that ending, oh, Whew. that ending was amazing. Yeah, also a very brilliant ending. Mm-hmm. As as uh, we're stuck in quarantine, I'm like, I'd probably date the dude for some fucking sushi right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, steak, sushi, or whatever. I'm like, I want it all, dude. I will, I will let you abuse me and give me some food. <laughs> but right before that, that fight scene out in the rain and stuff, when like the uh, the movie is cheap. And it doesn't have a lot of CGI, but it, when it does, when that suit's like flashing in and out, fuck in that, and out. the that's really yeah, good. that's cool as hell. I love mm-hmm. cool him walking hell. up and down the hallway in the hospital, like taking out the guards. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, it was a very cool. You might, I, I guess, I'd say if I'm gonna nitpick anything, my only complaint it was it did kind of bug me that uh, she slit her wrist pretty pretty significantly and was you know kind of running around. That whole fight scene just fine. I can't not talk about this movie and not mention the score. It is fucking brilliant as well. It was a really good score. Do you know who um, happened to have done the score there, Jason? Of course. It was Benjamin Walfish. Nice. Just in time. Uh, it yeah, no, it's fucking awesome because I, I came right home and I fucking got it right away. It's so goddamn good. Now I'll say I, I did see this uh, YouTuber that I watch sometimes who does pranks. He did a thing where he walked along the beach with a uh, like super hot chick in a bikini and he put a camera like behind him and then put he was carrying a big screen TV that was projecting it live. And it looked like like his body was missing. You just see his like legs and his head. Awesome. And see, it works, so the te- people. Yeah, the technology fucking worked. It's hilarious. It was showing like the beach <laughs> behind him, and people were freaking out, you know, because that you just glance up at him, and so like it's really not that hard to believe that the suit could something like this could exist. Yeah, I personally hadn't heard about any future movies, but it's definitely going to happen because I'm looking at the box office. The budget was only seven million. And just the U.S. did 65, and worldwide did 123. Oh, man, so is that... So we're going to have some more movies, So is that theatrical box office? No, because, I mean, it's... Well, because it's like one of the last movies to play in a movie theater, so... COVID box office. That's one thing I wanted to say, though, too. Like, almost all of Luanel's movies, they are so low budget, but how smart he is, how he does them, he just makes them incredible. Like... Oh, yeah. I... It's so I I don't even know how to explain it, but just what he does with like the budget he has, it just blows me away. Yeah, he is a cash cow, the golden child for sure. Mm-hmm. Like with Saw, with Upgrade, like those were very low budget movies. 
Yeah, and yeah. Seven million. That's that's not a lot either, honestly. No, no. it's not. No, big it's Hollywood not picture. At all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah, I just wish like the big studios would get it through their heads that it doesn't have to be a hundred and some million well, dollars. That, yeah, with that return. Oh exactly. man. Well, he signed a new deal with Blumhouse after this. Good, good, and that's the thing. I mean, it's it's like I think it's like a perfect partnership because he knows how to make a high quality film, and Blumhouse knows how to squeeze every penny out of a out of a minuscule budget. So, but it's also Jason Blum, so you feel like he's going to leave him alone and let him make his art. Yeah, a hundred percent. Awesome, hundred percent. I mean, he's. I've, I've often compared him to like he's like our modern Roger Corman. Yeah, so. he's yep. definitely proved himself yep. by now for sure. Very cool. So good. Yes, the Invisible Man starting off the show with a bang. It's all downhill from here, folks. Andy, what is our next <laughs> movie we're going to talk about? <laughs> okay, holy shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> The next film that we're going to talk about was released in 1978, and it is called The Astral Factor. I was messaging Jason about this one too, and he was like, "When I was about to watch, he was like, good luck.'" <laughs> Every single one of you guys messaged me individually. I warned Tina. I'm like, "This is a bad sign," because oh. <laughs> all the guys have messaged me after they watched. Uh, well, I just well, I I'm the one that had to review this, so I am officially naming this the Astro Glide Factor because I got fucked into reviewing it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. Um, the storyline. A convicted killer and mental patient by the name of Roger Sands, played by Frank Ashmore, like you care, uh, <laughs> learns how to make himself invisible by studying books on the paranormal. Once invisible, he escapes his cell and begins to stalk and kill the five women who testified against him at his trial. Um, all of said women are similar to his mother, who he also strangled to death years earlier. Wow, where do I start? Um, you've uh, got uh, you know this detective going going after him as well. Uh, his uh, Robert uh, Foxworth, but yeah, no, there are a lot of unknowns uh, in this in this film. Uh, the Give mental asylum more. literally. Uh, looks like uh alcatraz and i'm pretty sure amazon prime got like uh um a grindhouse print that was like shipped from like uh <laughs> oh yeah new york to like you know san diego this back had to have been one of the shittiest prints i've ever seen on amazon prime of anything wow. 
I oh. looked all over for a different one, and they are all sucked. I think this film was just made on like a toy camera or something. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's just like it literally said like I think it literally said loop on like one of like the frames. I was just like, is that? Wow. I was waiting for the tracking to pop up. Yeah. Um. Uh, just uh, the effects when he kills prisoners or, you know, kills, you know, security guards and moves things with his eyes with, like, telekinesis. Uh, uh, or yeah, he I just a freeze frame thing. to do that? Yeah, like, uh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the cemetery normally has, like, uh, a groundskeeper. I didn't think it had, like, a night watchman, you know, which I thought was weird. You know, it's like he's like like in a full uniform. Um, I thought that that they had an odd film noir, you know, jazzy, you know, title sequence with a girl modeling a feather boa. I'm like, what was I got to do with anything? Um, when he kills the chick in the bathtub, is she bathing like in swamp water? Because it was yeah, like, what's yeah, I was like, fuck? why is it green? This is so I, gross. <laughs> I. <laughs> Was is, is it, it almost looked like punch or something like Ecto Cooler? So was like with water. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure they didn't have bath bombs back then. But yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, it's like you may have to actually be on bath salts to actually enjoy the <laughs> damn movie. Anyway, <laughs> um, and and the thing I thought uh, when when I the the, the guy's uh, partner that he's working the case with, I think his name is Holt. Um, first of all, he reminded me the kid from like Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five. He looked like an older version of him because um, he had like that real cherub, you know, baby face to him. I hate that dude. Um, and the thing is, he's dressed like a game show host. Like when you first see him, dude, I thought he was like ready to play the feud. He had like that really light suit. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what the fuck is he wearing? He doesn't look like a cop. Um, even for like the seventies, I mean, just um. This, um, and the, uh, you know, he's, and of course he's invisible and he's watching this Roxanne Raymond dancer, um, you know, watching her from like, you know, rehearse and he's, and he's stalking her and he's killing women all this during this time, you know, because he don't know his very, like he choked out the, the chick in the tub and all this and that. And, uh, and the one thing that, uh, that really, that I thought was the funniest damn thing that I've ever seen was that, was that dance trio. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh wow. I mean, it literally, from what I can tell, ju- judging from what the male dancer was wearing, it looked like an interpretive dance version of Zardoz. That's what I thought it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> because he was like, you know, he had like the Sean Connery get up from Zardoz. I'm just like, um uh the the one thing that I did like that I did like barely um this ought to be good was was the music I I did dig some of like cuz it like you know it had like that you know that that synthy little bit of the sound it kind of reminded me like of like that beginning part of the Warriors when you when you're looking at the Wonder Wheel and it just has like oh, that so sort of wow <laughs> you know and I'm just like okay that sort of works, um, but 
yeah, and all the guys are assholes in this movie. Like, you know, it's like he's telling that candy chick, make us some coffee. I'm counting. I'm just like, wow. You know, <laughs> holy shit. She's must I be think- devoted. You'd get that coffee put upside your fucking head. I think what it boils down to is that the uh, the directors, yeah, that's right, more than one director for this for this fine piece of cinema. Um, the directors of this movie hated women. I mean, the the main cop's wife, girlfriend, whatever. She never wore pants. She not did not wear pants once in this entire movie. There's a scene where she's wearing a full on fur coat, but she's still not wearing any pants. Um, I don't know what yeah. to tell you. I must pants weren't pants weren't allowed in the budget. I guess I. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, and Mario pimp slaps you know Bambi off her stool because he's pissed off because he doesn't like her choice in music. I mean, what? Right. Wow, and I, I like how he's an escaped convict serial killer with like no money and no contact with anyone, but he knows how to scuba dive. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, I had questions from the first scene. Like, if he's got these powers, how is he in jail? Yeah, how could he have <laughs> how just escaped sooner? Yeah. The first scene was definitely my favorite part of the movie. When he's, like, doing his, like, little Super Saiyan charge up, and the guy across him, like, starts <laughs> trash-talking him. Yeah. And he, like, starts what? throwing the mattress on him and all the books. I was like, where is all this stuff coming from that he's throwing on him right now? <laughs> I was I was dying that first scene though. Definitely most enjoyable part for the movie. I thought. <laughs> I thought the best uh, part was the last scene because it was finally fucking over. I fell, <laughs> I, I fell asleep. I'll be honest. I didn't even see the last scene because I fell asleep and I was not going to go back and start it back. It was I, very um, hard to follow and get through. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's a- <clears throat> that's at the end of the day. That's my thing too. Like you would, you know, movies from this time period movies that are shitty you know i love that stuff but the biggest crime a movie can make is being boring and this movie have you seen this one boring as f <laughs> no i'd never seen this before well how did you find it like why what encouraged like i just don't sometimes I have part of sometimes my, google does bad things part of yeah it's kind of what it boils down to part of my process if i can't think of of uh, enough movies for the show I'll Google, like, you know, Invisible Man movies or whatever, and this movie came up. You know, I had a big list, and just going through and find, trying to find these any of these movies that that we can all get our easily get our hands on. I would have been so much happier with watching Hollow Man again. I would have paid two ninety nine for it <laughs> yeah, over I, this any day. I was gonna say all the ones I wanted to do for the show, you know, would have cost like you had to us. Rent. So. You know. yeah. Having having to watch this, I felt like the scene from Anchorman where like uh, Will Will Ferrell is like inside that phone booth and he's slapping it around and freaking I've out. That's last case of emotion. Yes, yes, I was freaking <laughs> out where he's especially like when he's like the screaming part and he's like tapping on like the yeah that was like literally me the whole movie. So I think going and, forward, if if we're faced. To have to rent a movie, we can just be like, "Or this is better than watching Astral Factor." We'll pay the two ninety nine. <laughs> I mean, we do have yeah, a Patreon. <laughs> Larry, what did you think of this movie? You haven't said much. Larry, what did you think of this movie? Um, well, first, I just want to thank you guys for <laughs> for picking these movies, uh, these next two movies, but this one too. 
because this one isn't very good. And I watched <laughs> both movies back to back. Uh-huh. And so I did too. Me too. I was uh, yeah. I was halfway through this movie and I was like, well, I need something to get through this movie now because it's pretty bad. So I got a little intoxicated. <laughs> so when I got to the next movie, which is. I didn't even know it was a fucking sequel. <laughs> None of us yeah, knew it was a sequel. sequel. <laughs> well, I didn't either, so we'll get to that. Are you goddamn kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I said that out loud too. <laughs> and it made it it made it pretty decent. So um, that's pretty much all I have to say for the astral, uh, Mister Astral. There is that. Thanks for giving him uh, a reason to drink. It, Yes. It, yeah, it got me in the mood for the the final movie. So um, <laughs> that's pretty much all I got to say. <laughs> oh my I mean, you guys pretty much said it all already. It's just, it's yeah, it's not a very good movie. It's not, um, but thank, but but in all seriousness, uh, I like how you how you added these two movies I've never even heard of before, <laughs> and you know, three point six on IMDb as well. And yeah. I was like, yes, all right, good. Um, <laughs> uh, this is going to be an interesting talk because um, I, I get tired of talking about. Movies I love a lot. I yeah. like to kind of find some movies <laughs> like this to maybe where I can pick something out of it, maybe, and talk about it. But this one really doesn't have has very few redeeming qualities about it. Um, yeah, but the score was okay. Uh, I'm with Andy on that one. I was kind of, I mean, I was blasting it halfway through the movie, you know. So um, yeah, I'll agree. With that. That's that's what I picked out of this movie. Is I did kind of like the score. Yeah, uh, um, that was the thing, like, because I originally, I wanted, when I came up with the idea for this topic, it was mostly for The Invisible Man, because I wanted an excuse to see it, to watch it, um, and talk about it, but then I was, but then I was thinking about movies for this topic, and I really wanted to make everybody watch Invisible Maniac, and I couldn't find Invisible Maniac, so I'm like, well... Surely Astral Factor and Invisible can't be as bad as Invisible Maniac, so... Because Invisible Maniac's pretty bad, but I guess I was wrong. (laughs) 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 All right, so... So, uh, Jason, what's our last movie for this topic? If you you guys had to score the the Astral Factor 1 through 10, what would you give it? My letterbox was a one, one five. So one out of five. It would, it would stay. It would stay a one. <laughs> I'd give it a one point five just because the beginning had me laughing so hard. Death by flimsy cot mattress <laughs> and <Right>. books. <laughs> I'd, I'd maybe give it a two, maybe three, because there, there was some ridiculousness that was entertaining and funny, and I just I love movies bad movies from the 70s but but uh it cannot go any higher for the fact that it was just boring so yeah it was it was, it was hard point uh, three hard from me <laughs> <laughs> um i'm i'm gonna go with uh one only because like but it's the 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 actual quality of you know, the story and, uh, you know, the acting all around, 
it pretty much matched the uh, the print that I watched. So yeah, one <laughs> and one, you know, neck and neck, right there. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Uh, our third and final film of the day. Oh my gosh, Mike. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna watch the. We all watch the 1993 film, Mandroid Two. I mean, <laughs> it's called Invisible: The Chronicles of Benjamin Knight. Knight. Benjamin Knight was an ordinary man until a bat. For the ultimate machine turned him into something more than human. Benjamin Knight's come back. Imagine what an army of invisible men could do. Now, with abilities beyond sight and an ally of circuitry and steel. Kill the machine! Benjamin Knight is going to make his enemies see red. Let's go. Invisible, coming soon from Full Moon Entertainment. I felt like that movie was like from the 70s or 80s, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you see see the Full Moon emblem, you kind of know what the you're getting into. Over. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was a sequel or it would have made us watch both. <laughs> <laughs> Which came out the same year. Like that's how. That's how confident yeah, you know they how were in this franchise. I want to watch the first one now. You should and tell us about it because I don't want to. <laughs> so All right. is invisible, Jason. Well, invisible. The Chronicles of Benjamin Knight. In this uh, Romanian set fantasy, a man becomes invisible in order to fight an evil masked madman called Drago. Drago turns mobs of peasants insane and sends them to surrounding villages to kidnap young women. Behind all the mayhem is a wheelchair-bound mad scientist who controls a robot called Mandroid. That sounds cool. Yeah. It's not. I'll tell, I'll tell you right now, this one... I, I, I'd watch... I'd watch Ashel Factor again before I watch this piece Whoa, of shit. Whoa, this was like, really oh, oh, for me. Hey. Oh, I, I was I was actually it. really ups- I was actually really upset when they mentioned Drago and the guy's mask came off and it wasn't Dolph Lundgren. Right? <laughs> oh man! Uh, I gotta say that after watching this movie, I'm pretty sure it's the Asylum's version of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> the villain remind me of like a great value Walmart version of like a James Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Honestly, I didn't hate his mask. I like that. I like that. If I have to say something Draco's nice. mask? I didn't mind the mask. 
Oh my god, I couldn't fucking stand... Uh, like and this. another good thing is about time we get an Invisible Man movie where he's wearing bandages, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did just like peel that. off instead of okay, unroll. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. <laughs> that makes sense. And I like how when like, the sun rays, like how it was like, hurting his eyes and stuff too. I really like that. That was a cool concept, yeah. yeah. smart. Yeah, because that's about the one thing they thought through, yeah. Cause, uh, because... We didn't, none of us knew it was a sequel. I mean, it was a half an hour, and I'm like, God damn it, are they just not explaining the shit well to at the, all? Yeah, like the character development and stuff. I was like, why is there poor. no character development in this right now? Yeah. <laughs> they are assuming, I know more than I think I do. Well, the first scene <laughs> when you get the mandroid saving the guy underneath the Jeep, I had to pause it, make sure I was watching the uh, right Exactly. <laughs> That's true. I'm like, this dude's cool. Maybe it would just stay with him. I'd watch it. Maybe Mandroid would be a better movie than this fucking thing. Um, does anybody want to watch, like, anybody, you know, belly dance while they're eating? While I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I really, that's not my thing. There was a lot of very awkward and like weird nudity in that movie too. Very yeah. weird because the whole movie tonally to me felt like they were trying to make their full moon version of like comic book movies for kids and then all of a sudden there's like nudity happening and uh-huh. a girl getting super gang raped. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I just like I wouldn't want her, you know, going across the table, stepping on my salad and shit. I mean, what the fuck? Is- <laughs> <laughs> Get your dirty ass feet out of my lettuce. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to eat this salad with my boxing gloves on, you know. Whatever the hell that guy was. I just uh, speaking of boxing gloves, my favorite scene was when he was like hitting the punching bag, like when he first got invisible. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, what? Here come the gags. That's all I could just... Ugh. Poorly done gags. Poorly, gosh dang it. I just... yeah. I know I have a natural aversion to full moon films in general. Not all. But this one... And, and like, I can forgive the clearly low budget. And, you know, a bunch of guys trying to make a movie. That's That's cool. That's all, but... I mean, maybe, and you know, maybe I should put more blame on the uh, not knowing it was a sequel. So, I mean, every film should stand on its own. Yeah, ha- that's that's where they probably failed. And that, and and I'm sorry, at an hour and what hour and fifteen minutes, something like that, they could have easily added another ten minutes to explain what happened in Manborg, or not Manborg, Mandroid, and. But then I don't know about you guys, but this the score to this movie is uh, awful because it's like this not good because there's music that just doesn't belong that lasts for ten minutes at a time. This weird country ass music playing <laughs> hillbilly type thing when there's like an action scene. I don't understand this movie. I like the. Uh that chase, the gunfight and chase when uh, they were like driving the truck and he was invisible and like the bad guys are behind him. That was pretty funny too. It was very poorly done. <laughs> and then he's like shot in the hand and like looks at it. Yeah. I mean the guy in the wheelchair takes a, a AK 47 round in the hand and it's just like, eh, well, whatever. Yeah. I guess we'll just yeah, shoot the back. Boy was fucking hand off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, when the bad guy's car, like, he jumped out of the car before, like, it went 
over that meeting or whatever. I was like, there's going to be some random stupid car explosion right now. And lo and behold. This was during a time with Full Moon 2 where they were starting to try to connect their franchises because um, <laughs> Dollman vs. Demonic Toys came out the same year. In '93, Demonic Toys. Yeah, I was just saying, don't don't rag on Demonic Toys. That movie rules. Demonic Toys rules, but have you guys seen Dollman versus Demonic Toys? No, the movie's a recap. A movie, yeah, I know. All right, a movie that's like like 65 minutes long, and most of it is just clips from Dollman and Demonic Toys. (laughs) Yeah, with like five minutes, with like five minutes of fighting at the very end between Dollman and the Demonic Toys. That one combined like three different movies because it also had the girl that got shrunk down from bad channels. Yeah. So, uh, baby oopsie daisy that says I can walk and talk and shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I want like a polstering one version of that. So, they were obviously trying to do something here and creating this like, you know, cinematic universe long before Marvel ever, ever, you know, started making good movies. Um, I have a feeling like. If if these movies like only got rented one or two more times, there would have this would have been a continued <laughs> yeah. franchise. It, it really oh, feels one like or two this. More times. <laughs> this, but it wouldn't take much for Charles Band to keep going with the, with with a concept. But oh. uh, um, because this feels like the middle of a story, like I feel like they yeah. were really trying to build up towards creating their own superhero team. I, this movie f- really feels like Fantastic Four influence to me. Drago is definitely uh, Doctor Doom. Uh-huh. You know, you have an invisible yeah. character. You know, you've got the the super genius. So I have a feeling the next film would have been like a thing rip off, and the next film after that would have been a guy who can yep. set fires, and then you would have had the full moon superhero team. Damn it, we didn't get that one or two more Did times. It? This movie left um, such a non-impression on me <laughs> that I just had to pull out my phone and Google it because I, I just, you guys were talking about the guy's mask. I'm like, how do I not remember what it looked like? <laughs> I had to Google it. <laughs> I, some, I like watched so many good things since then that it's just, it left my mind. It's invisible. <laughs> well, and was it set up? Not wrong. <laughs> I, I'm speaking hypothetically because I know nobody, none of us has seen it. But was it set up in Mandroid, or did I miss a scene? Like when we finally do get to the Invisible Man, he's in bed already wrapped in bandages. We have no idea why he is this Invisible we Man. Don't. We don't. Yeah, I. He just boom! All of a sudden, Invisible Man in the room. Fifteen twenty minutes into this movie. So where the hell did this dude come from? Who even is this guy? Exactly. Well, he was invisible. I mean. Like I get it if you know if you don't want to explain the whole first movie over again in this one, which I'm surprised Charles Mann didn't because right. he could have just recycled the footage Always and there does. you go, there's half of your movie. But but to like call the mo- to this movie being based on the invisible character and not give you the backstory and why he's an invisible <laughs> man is why they should have stuck with Mandroid Two as the title. Yeah, and I think that would have. Saved a lot of the problems. Something. This I mean, movie is very new age, considering he has to hold crystals in order to, uh, you know, uh, uh, disappear. 
I'd rather watch Trolls 2 twice in a row than watch these two movies again. <laughs> and I know I say Don't this a, on hospitality. That's right. I know I say this a lot, but I, 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 I hate talking about acting, but the blonde assistant oh. was the worst Zana? acting I've ever seen. Was well, that like name. Zana or something? Yeah. Zana? When like... When they're pouring that, when 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 Mandroid's in that isolated room and he's pour and that laser thing is like burning something and it it starts going in the radioactive red and and you oh, know no. the sirens start going off and she's like, if it goes in the red, we're all we're all doomed. All she things is gonna blow the up. worst. She was horrible. Dude, that was such a weird sex scene with uh, her and the guy in the wheelchair too. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I don't know if I can feel anything. <laughs> And then I cut to that, I was like, what the f- uh. And you look at her and you're like, she doesn't have a soul. Maybe she doesn't feel anything. <laughs> that scene has nothing on Monkey Shines either, I'll just say that. That's right. That is the better sex with a <laughs> man yeah. in a wheelchair. His <laughs> mic has a ranked as far as that sub-sub-genre goes. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, we, just, we just found another topic for an episode. I was just <laughs> saying, that's, that's going to be... Great finding movies for that, I guess. Well, I will not watch this again. Well, you got Monkey Shine. You, you got this movie. That one now. You got the X Men Triple X parody. Uh huh. Silver Bullet. Silver, Silver Bullet. Silver. The later year, the teenage years. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. The, the Charlie Sheen makes a cameo apparently. Did I go too far? Low Sorry. blow. Oh. 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 Uh. That actually would be a really funny topic. <laughs> fun topic to you can have it. We won't do it. That's right. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you just got to bring us back for that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, on that behalf of Insane Mike, I apologize to you guys for <laughs> these two movies. And you being the real Insane this, Mike, I ain't apologizing for shit. I know. Yeah, I volunteered for it. I'm, I'm more than happy. I'm just excited yeah. to be on here tonight. I'm pretty sure the <laughs> list of movies was given before you guys said volunteer, too. That's, so you yeah, had a chance, it definitely so was. It definitely chance, was. Chance to look first, but oh no. But I was just excited because Invisible Man was on there. Yep. He lured us yeah. in with that one. That's right. It's the only saving grace. <laughs> That's right. Like, seriously, I, wanted, I originally wanted to do um, Invisible Maniac just because I want to rewatch that one because it it's like done by Adam Rifkin and... I uses an alias in the in the movie, and apparently for good reason. But I've been become such an Adam Rifkin fan over the years that I really want to revisit this because I remember renting it back in the day, and it was horrible. Yeah, and I've never stars. heard a positive review about it since. But I wanted to do that one, and I wanted to do memoirs. I just could not find copies of those movies. Yeah, so the, all went over to Tad's house. Yeah. But one star Savannah is in uh, Invisible Maniac before she killed herself. So, just FYI. Mm. Part That's two. right. That's right. I do remember hearing about that, reading that somewhere. And then I also thought, like, you know, of course, obviously try to do any of the Universal original, but good luck finding those for cheap. Um, and then I wanted to do Invisible Boy. Which is a movie they made with this little boy who could turn invisible, and he teams up with a robot. So I'm thinking, did yeah. Invisible Chronicles of Benjamin Knight get their idea from <laughs> Invisible Boy? 
But Invisible uh, Boy, the robot Invisible Boy is um, the uh, Robbie the robot from um, um, Forbidden Planet. No, uh, Lost in Space. No, um, shit, I'm blanking on Robbie. blanking on the movie. For I think it's oh. Forbidden Planet, right? Um, oh yeah. And they put. They used Robbie the robot in Invisible Boy because they spent so much money on the robot. They felt like they needed to get more more use out of the robot. So, Robbie the robot, who has who's one of the few inanimate objects that has its own IMDb page. So, <laughs> so that covers the uh, the main topic of the show. Oh. We've gotten through it. So let's take a quick break, and we come back. We'll do segments here on Attack of the Killer podcast. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. It's segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. And as Tad always says, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Shoutouts. It's time for... Shoutouts! 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 Favorites, that's right. So get, get our uh, attackers out of the way first over on Patreon, because they should get first dibs to go first, right? Yep, love it. We got Stefan Sitter. He's one of our newest uh, patrons. He's awesome. He's been listening for years and years. He's one of the cool ones. Uh, he says, looked up some lists to find some picks besides the most obvious ones, and surprisingly not, there uh, there are a bunch of nudie tootie flicks as well. The Erotic Misadventures of the Invisible Man 2003 sounded interesting. Right in the <laughs> There goes the pants, he says. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, download that later. Uh, over on Facebook, we got Emily Randolph. She says, "Hollow Man." Nice. Would have paid anything <laughs> to watch that again. Uh, we got uh, Nick Leadham. He uh, so the question was your favorite horror movies with an invisible person. And Nick kind of comes in the back door here. He says, "The first two Predator movies." Brilliant, Ooh. brilliant right? thinking. Right? Love it. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm over in our Facebook group. Uh, we got Trevor Trevor Micklehenny says The Invisible Man, 1933. Blonde Reigns. It's pretty good. It's a great movie. Um, we got uh, Tim Lennerer from the Fiasco Brothers. Uh, says Son of the Invisible Man with Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> as mad scientist who created a potion that convinces him he's invisible. Ever see a shirt make a phone call? <laughs> For those who don't know, that's actually from the movie Amazon Women on the Moon. It's one of the skits in it. It, it uh, is hilarious. Yeah, right. Mike Reeb comments, holy crap, yes, totally forgot about that. And that is a great line because that big Jr. <laughs> picks up the phone and he's just like, ever seen a shirt make a phone call? And he's just moving it around. But everybody can see him playing his day. 
Then the Reebster, Mike Reeb, he comments, the original classic Invisible Man with Claude Rains, the totally underrated Memoirs of an Invisible Man with Chippy Chase is one of the best non-goofball roles, and the Invisible Kid is still funny to me, and the son of the Invisible Man skit with Ed Bigley Jr. from Amazon Women on the Moon. And then Tad and Brian and Andy all go to town on that comment. Should I read that or not? Yeah. Well, I think they're talking shit about Mike. So oh, then no, move on. No? Okay. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay, skipping down. Then we got <laughs> a lot of shit talk. Okay, so I mean, we've never had this many comments before on a. Okay, Brian Clark. Brian, Brian! Clark might might hear him next episode. He says, "Invisible maniac." See, guys, we should have done it. <clears throat> Hell yeah. Um, Brian Godsell, our attacker, he says, I just started this one today, but the baby needs a nap. And I said, is that code? <laughs> uh, and then we got, oh, this pretty lady, Tina Schmidt, she says, Predator 1987. And also back door, she says, Bird Box 2018. Okay, mm-hmm. I see what she's trying to do there. Mm-hmm. And then... Or maybe, I don't see. Uh, ah. um, I couldn't find anything on Twitter because I didn't pull it um, before Tad did his live tweet, so everything's buried beyond belief now, so I can't... <laughs> I'm sorry if you had commented. It's gone now. <laughs> um, and then lastly, over on Instagram, we got uh, Don and Nelly. He says, Hollow Man is a classic. While the rest of the Universal series after the original was really good... I wanted to see some of the obscure Japanese efforts that may or may not exist anymore, as I haven't found a copy yet, such as The Invisible Man Returns, The Human Vapor, and a Toho Studios adaptation of the H.G. Wells novel done by the same creative team as the original Godzilla films. Ooh, interesting. I have seen none of these last three, though. (laughs) Well, Don, get on it! All right, and... Anybody can uh, leave us comments on all that social media places. You can also leave us a voicemail, and we'll play that play your voice on the show. Just leave us a voicemail at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP, and that's shout-outs. One that wasn't mentioned, I have to say, it's not really a horror movie, but The Invisible. I love that movie with Justin Chatwin. Mm, I haven't, oh, I haven't I've seen heard it. Yeah. Isn't that fairly a newer? Fairly new. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like 2006 or 2007. It came out when I was still in high school. I think I remember that. It's like Pretty a kid get, like, getting ready to leave for college and he gets uh, murdered or like he's left for dead. And the only person that can see him, like his ghost, is the per- like, woman that like murdered him. And he's like trying to like convince her to like tell his parents or the cops like where his body is and stuff so they can find him because he's still like not technically dead mm. but it's a really good movie interesting yeah i remember that title popping up when i was researching for this episode and but yeah but it's not cool. it's not really a horror it's like more yeah. of a drama mystery but i mean it's still a really good movie sweet I'm just amazed that so many popped up and we ended up with what we ended up with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah right <laughs> did you say the human vapor was one of them yeah that's yeah, that was me watching the last two movies. Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, 
Hey, Mike, you know what's been cool? What's that? Um, I know your segment's coming up, and we've been lucky it is. in the past. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we had some of our celebrity fin- <laughs> friends stop by. Yeah, yeah. We you had know, Christian Slater a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. And then Busey every, last episode. Busey last week. I wonder wonder if anybody's coming this week. Oh. Hello. I'm Christopher Walken. <laughs> a star. <laughs> a stage and screen. You may have seen me in these classic films such as Joe Dead or Blast from the Past. Classic <laughs> Where I acted alongside your generation's greatest thespian, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> now, I'm here to, today or tonight, whenever you're listening, to address you, the attackers. Where my friend Michael is going to make his picks or... One pick in particular. It's insane. So now, I give to you Insane Mike's picks. I gotta be going now because these boots are make me walking. Oh, Thank you, uh, Christopher. Much appreciated. Okay, so for Insane's Picks this episode, I am doing a film from 1988, done by New York filmmaker Gregory Lamberson. That is 1988's Slime City. You must be the new tenant. It's called ectoplasm. That's what you think, you old witch. I see naked bodies engaged in unspeakable acts. Money for me! I think you were about the last person. Do it for God's sake! Yuck! And I thought my zits were bad. The storyline goes, Alex is a college student who gets an apartment in this rundown neighborhood in New York. Uh, he has this girlfriend named Lori. Uh, Alex wants to have sex with his girlfriend, but she's not ready. She's a virgin. So he ends up having sex with his creepy uh, yet sexy neighbor, Nicole. Uh, then he has dinner at uh, Roman's apartment, another weird vegetarian neighbor friend of his. Well, not really a friend, but just a neighbor of his. Uh, that feeds him some kind of vegan pudding that looks like the kind of stuff that you get dumped on you for saying, I don't know, on you can't do that on television. <laughs> I don't know if it's one of those events or both, but it causes Alex to have crazy dreams, causes his body to mutate and excrete slime. 
Um, and then it eventually causes him to go crazy and start killing people. Alex is confronted by the landlady who tells him the pudding was an Excelsior uh, and ectoplasmum primer to allow her dead father, Zachary, to take over his body. Um, this was kind of a, a cult uh, film back in the day and took forever to eventually come out on DVD uh, in the DVD boom. And it was, of all labels, Shakorama who first put this out on DVD. Um, Shakorama being known for a lot of those, like, softcore porn parodies, like the Erotic Witch Project and Playmate of the Apes. But uh, um, uh, Shakorama would also try to release some some kind of lost, forgotten, uh, do-it-yourself do, do uh, movies from the from the late 80s early 90s so i had never seen this but i remember reading it back reading about it back in the day and always wanted to re see it uh, back in the day of gorezone magazine um and it took me a couple times to kind of get into it because it's a little slow paced uh but you know you know the, some of the craziness that happens in this movie really makes up for it at one point when he is mutating and he's covered in slime and his face is getting all weird looking. Uh, when he goes out and he's having these like slime fits, um, he wraps his head up in bandages, much like an invisible man. Mm -hmm. And at one point he gets uh, assaulted by some punks. And the leader of the punks stabs him in the abdomen with his, with his switchblade. But his abdomen bites off the punk's hand for some reason. And so... It's, it's it's craziness ensues, especially in the third act when his girlfriend tries to find out what's going going on. She shows up at the apartment, and he is full on possessed by Zachary at this point, and his his, his face has got some you know like cool scarred makeup on and whatnot, and he's just slime everywhere. And she ends up like cutting off his hand, cutting off his head, and he still keeps coming after her. <coughs> she slices him um, from the belly button up, and his guts fall out. And he bends down and picks up his guts and shoves him back inside. It is a it's a fun gore fest, mostly in the last fifteen minutes of the movie. So it, it's a little slow burn getting to that point. But if you like, you know, the kind of the um, like shot on lowered film stock quality of like 16 millimeter i'm not sure exactly what what uh, film it was shot on definitely not 35 and it wasn't quite it was bad as like vhs but it was still of lower quality and also if you like gritty new york films from the 80s like uh you know um street trash or any of the uh frank hennenlauter films i would definitely check it out it's a uh it's quite an interesting film, and um, about a couple decades later, he ended up making a sequel to the film that now I have to check out called Slime City Massacre. So that'll be interesting. Um, so yeah, but it, and I don't know if you can find this movie streaming or anywhere, anything, but uh, if you can't find it, I would definitely check it out. Slime City from 1988. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so that's it, folks. That is uh, this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank our very special guests for being on the show. First of all, um, Colby, thanks for joining us. 
Thanks again so much for having me. Definitely, definitely want to come back again soon. Oh, great. We would love to have you back, man. It's been a lot I of fun. Good movies. <laughs> um, Colby, tell us a little, little bit about your show. Uh, yeah, so we're the, we're the Gore Score. Um, my uh, co-host, Evan, and I pretty much just review movies. We don't have as uh, funny and smart topics as you guys. We usually just review newer, newer movies or like genres, like we're doing zombies next time just because the pandemic going on right now. So I thought that'd be a smart idea, but we pretty much just get kind of drunk and just ramble on about movies and the movies we watched. And we're both pretty nerdy too. Like, well, Evan and I are from the same gym. We train together for, we fight together too with MMA and everything. So, I mean, we have a lot in common. Uh, talk about video games, uh, fighting, movies, anything in pop culture that's horror. It's, it's a fun time. I mean, we, we usually record every week, but just with the quarantine going on right now, it's been every couple weeks and just doing what we can. But I, I think that Evan and I have really good uh, chemistry. Like, we coach the uh, we, we coach the kids' jujitsu together. We're the head coaches at the gym for uh, the cool. kids' classes for jujitsu. Nice. So, and we've been best friends for a while. So, yeah, it's it, it's fun. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of comedy in the show. Yeah, it's a great show, and you guys definitely have good chemistry on the show. I've been really enjoying it, so thanks again for being on. Yeah, thanks again for having me. I was really excited when you messaged me and told me I got picked to be on the show. <laughs> uh, and then Larry, Larry, tell us about your show. Yes, my Bleeding Ears podcast. We're uh, not necessarily a horror movie podcast. We, um, My wife and I who is my co-host on the show. There are a pretty wide net of uh, movies. We do, like, anime, mostly horror, but then we'll throw in some action, 80s action, sci-fi, all sorts of stuff. We have a movie of the week, which I pick um, every four times, and then Jocelyn, my co-host, picks the fifth movie. So uh, it's a really big mixture. We, we go through the the film. We talk about what we like, and we always trying to try and find something we like from the, we like from the movies that we can take out of it. We don't try and be too negative and shit on the movies because um, I think it's a bit harder to 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 kind of find that that jewel in a pile of shit than just to like flush the shit. So uh, I like the little bit of a challenge. Uh, I recently switched up the show a little bit. I used to, at the start of the show, which is about three or four years ago, I did a kill count and a breast count. But then Joe Bob came back on the air. And I was like, you motherfucker, can't retire for the third time. Like, my, my idol, you know? I'm, I'm like, You're going to carry the torch, but no, he wanted the torch back. He, take this, yeah, he took his know, torch back. Indian giver. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped doing that, which I'm fine with now. I, I don't have to keep writing down all the yeah. kills and or breasts and penises. <laughs> so uh, it's, a, it's a little easier now, but I think it's a better show because of it that um, he's back now, which I'm really happy he's back. Cause oh, no, I, yeah. I was a huge fan back when he was on the movie channel, man, and my dad had all the my single dad uh, from a divorce, you know, moved in his own place, had cable up the ass. So when I would stay with him, 
I would watch the movie channel. It'd be Joe Bob on there, and we'd watch. Um, I remember Assault of the Killer Bimbos. Yeah, <laughs> I've got that. So yeah, uh, um, so uh, yeah, he was a big staple in my life, and I even hell when I was like twelve years old, I read one of his books, and most of the book was about his him raiding strip clubs. Uh, but the podcast is. Um, I'm pretty happy with it now that it's it's kind of in a new form, and I think we're all comfortable with it. So, uh, yeah, check it out. If you guys ever want to come on, just let me know. Uh, I just put your Tammy and the T-Rex uh, episode on cue. Oh, it's good. Oh, oh, you know what? That was, um, I got to see that gore cut uh, live. Oh, Really? I saw a release in this uh, the Cinepocalypse Film Festival, ah. and I, I got to see it. I was blown away. That movie is ahead of its time, man. No, it I love Tammy really, the T Rex. Oh, but um, but yeah, yeah. But thanks for having me on again. This is like my third or fourth time, and I was getting kind of scared that a street trash reference wasn't going to be in this episode. <laughs> Mike brought it up, so I don't have to. So perfect. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thanks yeah. for being on, Larry. It's always always a treat having you on. Love having you Life on, man. And you can find both their shows everywhere you find podcasts, but also at thepfpn.com. Woo! So thanks, everybody, again for listening. We'll talk to you next time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Bye! Oh, no! Could this be the end of... <laughs> Attack of the Killer Podcast!